This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A day in the spring training life of the New York Mets down in Jupiter, Florida. And a trip down I-95 to Jupiter could not be more stupider unless you're playing a game there. The facilities at Clover Park are so nice with all the upgrades. Nothing against Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium or Chevrolets in general, but that drive is always 40 minutes of your life each way. You'll never get back. Worth it, though, yesterday because Max Scherzer was on the mound. And we'll let you know how it went, tell you all about our trip to Jupiter, Rocket Man. We will start up after the song. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning, oh yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing. Now here's Josh Lewin. Scootily down. If I had a window treatment store in Jupiter, Florida, I would absolutely call it Drapes of Jupiter. And I hate that song. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her hair, hey, 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 she acts like summer and walks like rain, reminds me that there's time to change. Hey, 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 come on, train, what is that? Not to mention the part about checking out Mozart while she does Thai bow. Uncle, come on. Josh Lewin with you. No, I guess I will not be seeing train next time they're on tour. So... Before we get into the meat of today's podcast, I want to do a little big picture because the Mets obviously feel very strongly they can win their first NL East division title since 2015 with what they're bringing back and what they've added. No proclamation of come and get us, but this roster does look really good. That we know. So it wasn't surprising to anyone when the Braves traded for Matt Olson and signed him to a long extension, very expensive extension, or when the Phillies added... Schwarber for $79 million, Castellanos for $100 million. Even when the Marlins and Nationals upgraded, with Jorge Soler going to Miami, Nelson Cruz going to Washington, everybody is in to a degree, except Miami, whose payroll this year is $55 million. The Mets is expected to be 280 to 290-ish, more than five times higher. Although the Marlins are, are not the most frugal Freddy in the room. Oakland's going to have a $38 million payroll this year. Cleveland, 35. Pittsburgh, 35. Baltimore, 30. I'm here to suggest the problem these days is not with Steve Cohen spending too much. It's with the Marlins and company spending too little. But that's another topic for another podcast. So if we're agreed, four out of five NL East teams are in it to win it. And that four out of five dentists recommend Trident for their patients who chew gum. You guys remember that commercial, or you're not as old as I am. But anyway, let's remember, uh, around this time last year, baseball pundits anticipated similar NL East strength. Of course, that popcorn kernel failed to pop. None of the five teams won more than 88 games, injuries, and a lot of other factors. But most notably, the Braves did go on to win the World Series anyway. So in the NL East, 
Somebody's won two of the last three World Series. It's why you need a Max Scherzer. And his official Mets Grapefruit League debut yesterday was terrific. Mad Max was stretched out to five innings, needed 21 pitches in the first inning, but he only finished up with 72 total in five innings. The usual pitch mix, his velocity was up a tick as he went to topped out at 97. Final line of five innings, three hits, one run, no walks, five strikeouts. Mets lost the game, 3 nothing to the Marlins, by the way. They got two hit with the two hits coming from Luis Guillorme and minor leaguer Jake Mangum. More on the actual game in just a bit, but we thought you might enjoy, first off, being part of what's usually called the media scrum. If you've ever been to a game, spring training or regular season, you've probably seen at some point a gaggle of reporters huddled around somebody leaning in with notebooks and tape recorders and iPhones and laughing a little bit too loud sometimes. And I bet you've sometimes wondered, what the hell is going on down there? Well, uh, like it says in that Santana song, which I do like, featuring Michelle Branch, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Every manager holds court before a game, and in spring training, it's usually right out there on the field as opposed to in the dugout. So I'm going to provide you with a little buck in the sun here, a little small talk with the skipper while music blares in the background. You're going to hear references from Buck Walter to Bill Parcells, the Baltimore Ravens, a movie that reminds him of which spring training complexes he has and has not been to. He'll ruminate about the importance of beating the Mets back when he was with the Yankees. It's all basically a cocktail party, just a little build-up to actual news. And all the reporters, I mean, that's just kind of the ritual. Stand there and listen to the small talk. So I'm going to run the first eight minutes of this 28-minute tape that I was able to collect in Jupiter just to get you a sense of the ritual. You're going to hear a lot of small talk off the top uh, and, you know, just a little bit of this here when the manager talks off the cuff to the leering press. And feel free to play Name That Tune with the background music that's going over the PA system. It's always the most inconvenient thing about this tradition because even in season, everyone talks with the manager while he either sits in the dugout or stands with his hands stuffed in his pockets out near the on-deck circle. And you can hardly hear him because the PA guy is blaring music from 20 to 40 years ago. So let's start with Buck's reaction to getting to potentially hang out with Bill Parcells at spring training on Monday. Parcells is supposed to be here somewhere. Oh, I heard that. I heard that. Have you seen him yet, Bill? Probably up there in the food line. He tends to hang out up there. In the shade. Shade, yes. How well you know Parcells? There was a fraternity of coaches in New York. You shared in the challenges. I got to know... Uh, Oh, oh shit, I'm drawing a blank. Van Gundy? Yeah. Right. Remember years ago he had a decision to make about staying or leaving? Yeah. We talked a lot. He's, yeah, I, I really liked him. It's like uh, Harbaugh there in Baltimore. He had a lot of fun talking to Ozzie Newsome about their drafts and stuff. They were, they were, they were, they're ahead of the, take a look at their drafts sometime over the years, the Ravens. Yeah. They do a great job with makeup. Uh, I, was, I used to kid Ozzy. I go, how do you ever make a mistake on a player? You got a scouting combine. You got a AAA that you're not paying for right there. I mean, he goes, oh, we make mistakes. No, but it was uh, it's good. I love Riley's book, The uh, Disease of Me. It's a great line he had. Pat Riley? The Disease of Me. Inoperable, uh, uncurable. 
That's a great line, wouldn't it? How often do you keep up with other coaches in other sports? Do you learn from them? Oh, yeah. There's common themes. Common themes. Now, some of them have good players. <laughs> helps. That kind of helps, right? It's another nice facility. These are nice. How many have you not been to now? I mean, Have you seen the line in... Uh, you ever seen uh, Hell or High Water, the movie? There's a line in there about the lady comes out to take their order and... You ever been to West Texas? Yeah. It's another world, okay? She goes, what is it that you don't want? Otherwise, it's telling you it's either green beans or corn. That's the only choice you got here. Don't tell me how you want your meat cooked. Don't tell me you want a mixed drink because we only got beer. What is it you don't want? So that's kind of the thing. What is it you don't want? You've been here before. Yeah. I've been in St. Lucie with other challenges. When there were the Yankees, that was a must-win game. We had about we had about four must-win games in the spring. People said that what's a good spring training was uh, beating the Red Sox, beating the Mets, and uh, finish one game over 500. That was a perfect spring. Would you seriously get the pep talk? I mean, like, did pep, we have to get pep? well? No, it was part of the, the job order. description. <laughs> nobody had to. Nobody had to point it out. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, St. Lucie was. Uh, a pressurized trip. Remember that, Bill? Wait, that, yeah. You lose that game, somebody was going south or north or east. <laughs> west. West. I remember they started uh, for a while playing those one game uh, at, before the season started. You go back to New York, play one each day. Oh, that was the Mayor's game. Cup it was yeah. called. Yeah. That was another one they added on the must-win thing. My son had, had a, I remember, it was infant, and I had to leave the game to go to the hospital. They thought he might have well, but thought he might have an issue. We're going to run some tests on him. He was only like a year old. And I told him it's time I'm leaving. And I left. But it... What George think? He was fine with it. But... Not at first. There were certain things that would take me away from the club. That was one of them. Sure. Of course. And I knew that if we won the game, there might be another manager there when I got back. <laughs> but anyway. But do you have any clarity yet on how many players uh, you can open the season with? You know, that's, that's a good question because uh, Billy and them are, I think they're having a, another conference call about it. They haven't, it hasn't been committed to yet. So right now we're operating 26 with knowing the possibility of more is there. But I think they'll come to, you know, because you're going to be start making, we've already made some cuts, but, you know, so you got some guys that might figure into a 28-man roster but wouldn't figure into a 26. So I'm, we're hoping they get that settled here shortly. What in your mind makes sense? Uh, I'm always going to err on the side of health, but I don't have to pay the extra three guys. Right. Or two guys, right. whatever. Yeah. Especially with the new... Uh, yeah. Very easy to talk about it when it's not your money, right? Yep. <laughs> With Scherzer today, I know he went four in that sim game you guys had. What's the plan for him? Five. In a perfect world, if the Marlins cooperate. <laughs> I kind of missed the rollover. We were looking, you know, Bassett and uh, Carrasco are going... Uh, Thursday? What is today? Today's Monday. Monday. Marley and Grom. After the camp day is Bassett and Carrasco. Both of them piggybacking. Yeah. And uh, if it looks right now, we might get some weather. 
Yeah. And on, on the day they're scheduled to pitch, if that's the case, they'll pitch in a one o'clock game with the. Uh, right now, I saw it kind of late in the afternoon, maybe into the night. So if it looks like that might be in jeopardy, we'll pitch them uh, in a minor league game. Okay. Probably have to make that call. What Wednesday? Uh, we'll probably make it uh, before we leave the ballpark Wednesday, like we did with the inter squad game, pushing it up. What are you doing Wednesday? Working. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're working. We uh, have a camp day, just like it sounds. Sure. Not sure where we are with the pitching, whether uh, Jeremy's going to need to do something. See how we get through today. Buck, yesterday. I think uh, we'll be, we'll be ma making some uh, roster. Uh, what's the word? Cut alterations. We'll be probably altering the camp today post game. Okay. That's a new word. That's kind of a new age. Altering. Altering the camp. It's very politically correct. You can just say cut. Oh no, no. You can, that's too. That's like. It's like some other words I've had to change the descriptions. And rightfully so. It shouldn't be disabled. It should be injured. It should be. Dry humping. I'm not changing that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got it. Y'all can come up with a better description for that word. I'm in. What's wrong with cuts, though? It's too cold. Too cold. <laughs> I was told March Madness shouldn't be called Madness anymore. It should be called something else because, you know, maybe March. Hey, it's great to be 60 plus and not that. That's, that's y'all. Y'all have fun with it. Uh. Buck, yesterday we saw you working on team defense, uh, bunt defense. Uh, how often during the regular season do you plan on doing that, working with the team defense? Uh, occasionally we'll come back to some stuff in a homestand, you know, early. But it's a little refresher here and there because obviously you might go two months without seeing a bunt, right? Hopefully. <laughs> Why, hopefully. Well, bunts aren't fun. For who? Observe. A lot of fun to defend them. Yeah, you did seem to be enjoying that yesterday. I did. You know, some of those things aren't necessarily for something you're going to see a hundred times, but it's kind of a team efficiency thing. You can gain some things by just making sure, realizing that you can't make the ball be hit to your best defender, so everybody's got to be in tune. Things like that. The, the two relays we had over in uh, West Palm, that is a team play. You know, highlight of the night for me was the overthrow at first that our left fielder was backing up third base where he was supposed to be. We take a lot of overhead shots. Off ball tells you a lot of things. Nothing that everybody else isn't doing. You just saw it. I'm sure everybody else is doing it. I got hit the first day. I hadn't been hit. Just now getting back. Where'd you get it? I, I got it. I got it. Now that you've been around, sure. I took a picture of it. All right, I'm going to stop there because we don't need to, to see a picture of Buck's bruised butt. So uh, did you guys get all the music playing on the PA? We were looking for, first of all, Born to Run, Springsteen, Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue, then some country song that I honestly don't know. And if you do know the answer, feel free to tweet me at Josh Lewin stuff. My country music knowledge is fairly limited, although I, I do like me some chicken fried, cold beer on a Friday night, pair of jeans if it's just right, etc. Uh, anyway, the game got going at 1 o'clock yesterday. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Mets, and the Scherzer stuff really did look good. Remember, he was one of the players most involved in negotiating the new CBA. He will not be reprising that role, he says. He recently told reporters it was all too much of a price 
because to do it right, you have to put in a lot of hours. I'm just not going to put in the hours. Do that to my family again, is what he said. Some people in baseball had figured Scherzer would be a natural heir apparent to Tony Clark, former player himself, the current union chief. Scherzer said, no, that whole negotiating process was exhausting, not something that interests him when he retires either. He said if it was just X's and O's and economics, that's fine. He majored in econ at the University of Missouri, says I was taking high-level classes, so I understood all that was going on. But post-playing career, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So on the mound, I think people were curious. I mean, we were all that negotiating. Did he have time to work out and stay sharp? Apparently, yes, because on that Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium mound, uh, he was not negotiating. He just was throwing some great ball. Five innings, one first inning run allowed, does take the loss in a 3 nothing final. Another Met who looked good on the mound, the big righty Colin Holderman, who was ticketed for AAA this year. Nasty sliders from the six foot seven inch Illinois native. His sinker hit 99, too. This guy probably would have been taken in the Rule 5 draft had that Rule 5 draft not been canceled. Last year, spent most of the season at AA Binghamton, but right at the end of the season, got to spend a few days in Syracuse, too. And we talked to him back in the Arizona Fall League about that experience. Uh, me and Brian McTwire went up in Syracuse for the last you know, like week or two of the season throwing. Uh, we were supposed to throw some live VPs, just kind of get a feeling of how AAA is, be around the guys. And it was we were extremely fortunate for that because we got to see how you know they handled their business. And uh, some, a lot of guys that have been in the big leagues went back and just kind of see how they go about their day, how they prepare. So uh, I'm extremely confident that you know next year, wherever you know I am, if that's in you know, Binghamton, Syracuse, that I'll I'll be successful. Yeah. And, uh, I'm excited for it. So in the Arizona Fall League, is there anything specific that's been said to you about, okay, Colin, here's what we want you to hone. Here's what we want you to work on. Um, not really necessarily like work on, just kind of sharpen my stuff, you know, get more consistent, but just really get the innings because I missed, you know, I think it was six weeks with an impingement this year. Yeah. Just kind of get my, my innings, get prepared for next year and show up to spring training and, you know, compete for a job. Oh, he competed. Dude opened some eyes in Jupiter. Now, tonight, Jacob deGrom against the Astros in Port St. Lucie. And the Mets Major League roster indeed got a little lighter, as Buck mentioned in that media scrum. The details of that after this. All right, so the roster moves, we knew some were coming. Adjustments were made. He didn't want to say cuts were made, but Travis Blankenhorn goes down. Ronnie Mauricio, the shortstop with all kinds of upside. Mark Vientos goes down. We're going to see him again, I'm sure. Khalil Lee goes down. Patrick Mazika, the catcher, goes down. Jose Buto goes down, pitcher. And Nick Plummer, who you met Yesterday, uh, well, I think we'll see him again. 51 players now left in camp. And by the way, uh, a guy like Mauricio shows up in the top 50 on pretty much everybody's list out there of top prospects. Keith Law has him at number 40 in all of baseball. ESPN number 43. Fangraphs has him number 45. Baseball Prospectus number 50. Uh, Beatty's a guy that makes all the top, well, if not top 50, top 60s. And Alvarez, the catcher who everybody's so excited about, he makes everybody's top 10. I think he's a seven, yeah, seven in Fangraphs, eight with Keith Law, nine with ESPN, and tenth with Baseball Prospectus. It's kind of like AP balloting in football or basketball. It doesn't really mean anything until you get right down to when the games matter, but it's still fun to talk about. People still pay attention. Let's wrap today with a reminder that the best deal going for tickets right now 
is the one you'll see up on the Mets website, Mets.com. The 60% off deal in honor of the Mets 60th anniversary season. Not good for opening day, but good for a lot of other games. And of course, opening day now is April 15th against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Some new concession stands from local vendors will be opening up this year. We'll have more details on that on future podcasts, but uh, the Upper West Side Institution, Jacob's Pickles is going to be involved, Pig Beach Barbecue, Murray's Mac and Cheese, they were set to open up before the pandemic hit, but uh, now we we get closer to where they want to be, and when we get closer to opening day, more culinary info will be provided. That's the, the very least I can do for you. The music is playing, not by train. I don't really have anything against train. I just, I just, not a big fan of Drops of Jupiter. But here's our house band. If you care to meet them, you ready? First of all, on keyboards, Pepe Mangual. Slapping the bass was Kevin Bass. How about that? We got a bass on the bass. In terms of the horn section, Taylor T. Garden, and our drummer Marlon Anderson. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll do it again tomorrow. Mets in the morning. Take care.